How's it going, everybody? Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Hunting Public Podcast. On this episode, I'm going to be talking with everybody from the group about what they're excited about, what new gear they have for this season, and some of the strategies that they're looking forward to putting into play this season or strategies that they're looking to expand on that they've used in the past. Did another podcast like this one time, I think a couple seasons ago, going into the deer tour. So it's just hopefully getting you guys all excited for the fall season and the videos that are coming along with that fall season. We just got done posting the elk series. I'm really excited about those videos. I spent a ton of time on them, so I appreciate all the positive feedback that we've gotten so far. And if you haven't got a chance to watch them, check out the channel and let us know what you think. Also, the first deer tour video went live last night, so you can check that out as well. Before we get into the podcast, Vortex wanted me to remind you guys that it is public lands month, and whether you're a hunter, shooter, or both, the vast amount of public land available for you to enjoy throughout the United States should never be taken for granted. This public lands month, Vortex encourages you to get outside and celebrate your public lands. Be sure to check out Vortex for helpful podcasts, videos, and blogs. If you have any interest in Vortex Optics, go over to eurooptic.com and enter code THP10 at checkout, and that'll help save you some money. Also wanted to remind you guys that last year we partnered with Go Wild to combat mainstream social media's censorship. Go Wild is a free social community where your photos aren't censored, they're encouraged. Go Wild gives you points for things like sharing your trophies, gear reviews, and inviting friends. And as you earn points, you unlock awesome rewards, such as gift cards, free swag, knives, huge discounts, and if you create a free account, you can unlock $10 just for trying it out. So visit DownloadGoWild.com to get started. The final thing is if you guys want to save some money on all bear archery products, we can help you save some money if you use our code THP10 at checkout. And again, that's all bear equipment. So no matter what bow you're interested in or what bow's right for you, if it's a bear product, we can help save you some money. All right, guys, let's talk about the fall hunting season. Welcome to the couch with Zinger. <laughs> Welcome to the couch. <laughs> so weird. <laughs> What's your favorite memory from last season? Oh, man. I got to think about that. From last spring or last fall? Last fall from, deer season? Yeah, yeah, because this will be like moving into this deer season. So, like, favorite fall memory. From 22. Dang, that's hard to pick one. Really liked uh, the Arkansas trip, but probably just going deer hunting with Miles. Yeah. Like, we had one really good morning. He had to get up super, super early. We had to drive up to the farm, and we got up there and ended up seeing the biggest buck I've ever seen on the farm that morning. Was it last year that you got that one? No, it was two years ago. Two years ago. When he was with me. But Mm -hmm. we were sitting in the same spot last year. Except we sat like two and a half hours and didn't see a deer. Then I saw a doe go through right behind the tree. And then maybe 30 minutes after that, this really big buck came out. And he got to turn around and look at it. And that was pretty cool. Yeah. That was probably my, that was probably my favorite memory. He gets, he gets into it. He does. He's, he's jacked about going deer hunting yeah. and turkey hunting. I mean, he's already, he's, they sent me a Snapchat a while ago. He was at Bass Pro looking at a bait caster that he wants for his birthday and both the boys are real big and efficient and yeah. miles is is big into hunting yeah. like he hopefully will get his first deer this fall but we'll see yeah i mean we're just taking it well i know he wants to go with me but mm-hmm. I, he may still not quite be ready yet to 
actually shoot. Mm-hmm. Even though he's 11, he still is. He, they both shoot a bow, too, right? They both have a little bows. bit. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's cool. I mean, it reminds me of being that age and, like, getting all excited going with my dad and stuff like that, which I'm sure it's the same for you. So I wasn't as patient as he is. Really? Like, I wanted to move around and stuff. He I, likes I to just, just sit still? No, I mean, he wants to move around, but he likes to – he wants to have success. Yeah. Like, he's always asking, like, how do we get one? And I'll tell him, I'm like, well, you don't just walk out here and get it. You have to sit for a really long time or you have to walk really far sometimes. You have to be in the woods a lot mm-hmm. to get opportunities. So, I mean, that last time we went, we were sitting on a on the ground in a little brush pile. He was on a five-gallon bucket, and I was just knelt down in front of him. We had a decoy out, and it was blowing like 40 miles an hour, cold front, like 35 degrees, so it was really cold. Mm-hmm. And it, we were on top of a ridge. It was not a good situation. It was cold. I mean, and we sat there for two hours. And I look back here, and a few times I let him watch YouTube on my phone to pass the time. Mm-hmm. This is one of them ground setups where you can't see very far. Yeah. So it's like just being glued on that spot for a really long time takes a lot of patience and oh, discipline. Yeah. And for an 11-year-old, that's hard. So <laughs> For a 30-year-old, it's still yeah. hard. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Same here. So Especially when you can't see. He's sitting there, and I looked right back there, and he's just he's freezing. He's cold. I'm like, you ready to go home, bud? He's like, yeah, I'm ready. But if we go home, we're not going to get one. I'm like, you're right. We're not. He's like, maybe we should sit a little bit longer. Like, okay. <laughs> So we sat another 15, 20 minutes, and he's like, you think we can go home now? I'm like, yeah. He's like, I can't feel my toes. I'm like, yeah, we let's go home. It's This is plenty cold enough. We sat for two and a half hours and didn't see nothing. But I feel like that's the, you know, part about keeping kids involved that we've talked about. Like, you and I have talked about it. We've talked with Thrash about it. It's like mm-hmm. just making it fun and not pushing it because at the same time, if you were like, no, you got to learn to tough it out. Like, it, I mean, nah, I'm not going to do that. No. I just want him to have a good time out yeah. there. That's why I'm always, I've, I've filmed a lot of this in the last couple of years, but not to the level that we do when we go out. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just take a GoPro usually and I get what I get. Mm-hmm. I'm not that worried about it. Like if something starts to happen, I turn the GoPro on and I never look at it again. Mm-hmm. I'm just focused on him. Yeah. Cause I just want him to have a good experience and have fun. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't care if, and I ask him before every hunt, I'm like, do you want me to bring any cameras or anything? And he's like, yeah, I don't care. It doesn't matter to me. So that's why I bring a GoPro. But I ask him like, do you want me to even turn this GoPro on? Cause I don't care about it. Yeah. I'm just worried about you having fun yeah. and having fun and we'll get what we get. And, and yeah, that's it's, just been how we've rolled so far. That's my favorite memories of each of the last two years is just mm-hmm. taking him up at the farm being in the same spot where I caught my first fish and I caught or I shot my first turkey and I killed my first deer and he's going with me and all of this stuff mm-hmm. and I can tell him about all those memories and then he gets to experience something kind of similar that's been the coolest thing yeah but other than that I mean we went to Arkansas we had a good time me and Ted got that uh buck up there late season that mm-hmm. was a pretty cool hunt and uh yeah we had some other good ones too around here yeah I wasn't there when Ted and Jake killed that double, but mm-hmm. I lost my mind when they oh, yeah. told me what happened. I was getting because Snapchat I was getting, updates. Oh, yeah, updates all day, and I'm like, dude, what's happening? And and I was all day in I'm Minnesota like, I'm texting. Editing. Greg's like, Hayden and Jake are down in the bottom with the buck right now, and I haven't talked to them for like three or four hours. I'm like, okay. So I started getting like – I started texting Greg, 
and I started texting Hayden because I knew Jake wasn't going to answer. Then I started texting Ted. So I was texting all three of them at the same time, like trying to get play-by-play of what's happening because they're up top watching down below, you know, and I'm trying to get a play-by-play from Hayden and Jake's angle and a play-by-play from Greg's. And I'm not getting anything done because I'm like, they're on a freaking big buck right now. And then all of a sudden Greg's like, Ted just got one. Pretty sure Jake's going to get a chance soon. I'm like, what? (laughs) Ted got one? Yeah. Like, Ted's just sitting on a rock watching a buck in a bottom. Like, and then this buck comes up there, and yeah, it's the craziest video we had all fall. So I remember that one really stands out for me, even though I wasn't there because I I just remember like the updates. Yeah. yeah. And from afar, it's pretty funny because I was waiting for Keith in Minnesota. But I was working on some of that North Dakota stuff that we had had beforehand, so I was working on that. Yeah. And was like, ah. He, he was like, I'll call you later today, but I'm going to start the day with Ted. And I'm like, that's cool because I got all this to do anyway. Like, no rush. And then he started sending me text updates, and he's like, yeah, so, like, Jake's on this buck. I'm like, oh, yeah, no problem. Whatever. Then it's like the same deal. It's like you start getting these updates, Snapchats throughout, and like then they sent me the Snapchat of the shot and everything. It's <sighs> Yeah, it's pretty sweet. Just lose it. So this season, 23, what are you looking forward to? Uh, my cousin's elk hunt. That's the main thing. Mm-hmm. He got five kids, and we both started planning to go elk hunting about the same time, you know, 10 or 12 years ago now. We started thinking about it. That was when I was in college, and he was in college, just getting out of college and getting married at the time. And now he's got five kids. He's got quads. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. And um, he's drawn his elk tag this year. And I know that this is a really big deal for him because he doesn't get, you know, he's got three jobs basically that he works. And he's got five kids. He doesn't get much time to go on something like this. Mm -hmm. And and Brandon's like the guy that you grew up hunting with the most. Oh, yeah. I mean, me and Brandon are like, we're like Mm -hmm. this since birth. He's a year older than me. Mm -hmm. So I learned a ton like my dad took me and got me out there but i learned how to do all this stuff from brandon and his brother Corey and my mm-hmm. uncle david and you know my uncle david's brother bob Gropman and my uncle ray you know the mcmorris guys that my dad was buddies with i learned from all those guys too mm-hmm. like my dad took me but he uh i didn't learn that much like of the technical yeah. details because when we and dad went we was worried about you know having fun and maybe trying to scoop a donut here pretty quick <laughs> like that was that was what we were worried about but with those guys that was that was different they were my a little uncle, bit more tactical and like yeah my uncles it. my uncles killed a lot of really good bucks mm-hmm. you know many years ago and i just remember going to their house and just seeing these big bucks on the wall and asking my uncle ray like probably asked him 30 times like how the story about this one you know really big one that he's got in the middle um but yeah i I learned a lot from him to answer your question yes i've been hunting with brandon my whole life and we we actually started getting into the filming stuff yeah you know many many years ago because Corey, his older brother and their cousin doug grotman um and dustin grotman they started filming their hunts so me and Brandon would watch the videos that they bring back to the house when we were kids. And like, we weren't old enough yet to really go out and do that. And they mm-hmm. were, and they'd bring these videos back. It's like, man, that's really cool. And then yeah. we eventually learned how to do it together. Yeah. So yeah, I'm stoked for him to get to go on. This. I am too. That's, he's, yeah. Yeah, he's that's been waiting a long, sweet. long time to do it. 
And, you know, the elk hunts are just different. Mm-hmm. They're different, man. I mean, this is a this is a destination hunt. This is something you plan for for a long, mm-hmm. long time. And oh. it's like the that's the peak of the mountain for me. It is for you, too. It's mm-hmm. like our favorite thing to do. Yeah. Yeah, I'm stoked about, like, just all the things that – yeah, we'll come out of that. It's going to be pretty sweet. Yeah, I hope. We'll yeah. see. That's the one I'm most excited about, though. So, any strategies that you're looking forward to either trying more of or doing things a little bit different or things that you did last year that you want to do more of, anything like that strategy-wise that, like, you're kind of focused on going into this year. I mean, we were just talking about a lot of the elk calling stuff. Yeah. But oh, yeah. I've been real focused on that. Mm-hmm. I mean, we had a 30-minute conversation a while ago about me listening to Paul Medell, Elk Nut. Yeah. And, you know, learning as much from him and learning stuff from the Hush guys and from our buddies at Bro. Yeah. You know, I talked to Cody a bunch about it, and obviously we've both hunted with him. Mm-hmm. Um, so elk strategies and calling strategies is top of mind. But from the deer side – I'm still trying to reduce my tags down. Mm-hmm. Like, I want to go to all these different places and hunt all these different spots, but I just seem to have more success when I can get focused mm-hmm. on one thing. So I'm just going to focus on a couple of places this fall. Anything else past that then, too, is just bonus. Right. I'm going to try to kill something in one of those, at yeah. least one of them. If I get one in one of them, then I'll worry about the second one. Yep. If I get one in both, then I'll worry about, doing other stuff yeah. which i don't think is going to happen like realistically right. if i get a good chance at one buck all fall mm-hmm. that's going to be great yeah which is what a lot of people are dealing oh, with. oh yeah you know? well and i mean i just think that it helps relax a little bit when you don't have these things in the checklist that you have to get to it's like if you just go down the line and luckily with whitetail you can always go somewhere and yeah. pick up a tag and it's like if you want to do that then you have the opportunity to if things go really well. But then tr- there's, like, less stress involved with it. Oh, yeah. I'm trying to learn big timber more. Yeah. Um, and bow hunting it. Yeah. It's just – it's a different beast. I, yeah, it's I a, like that. I agree. It's, it's hard, man. I mean – It's been my favorite thing to be doing the last few years for sure. I really like it. It's all – it's very monotonous, but – um, There's actually an incredible amount of frustration that has come along with – hunting big timber where you can't see very much or you're dealing with like you know rolling hills and just the same stuff but it's a fun challenge i like sign reading and sign analysis and that Mm -hmm. sort of thing and that definitely comes into play in the Mm -hmm. big woods like that so and in topography and all of those things i don't i don't really know how i'm going to expand on it from last year other than i'm going to be more strategic about my scouting Mm -hmm. last year we would just put packs on and go and kind of kind of go back in there and hunt where we hunted this year i'm going to spend i want to spend more time scouting than hunting which Mm -hmm. is which is something that's not uncommon we do that often but last year when we hunted these big woods we were there for a pretty short period of time and we were just hunt 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 let's Mm -hmm. get a deer on the ground we were wanting to get you know keith shot a doe Mm -hmm. and got one but this year i'm going to go into it and i'm going to try to spend like several weeks scouting even if it's just for a three four hour trip to go out and scout and not even hunt that day because i'm wanting to spend more time with family like fishing and taking the boys hunting even if i can jet over there you know to some different public areas and look at them 
for three or four hours during the day. I'm going to put more emphasis on that. Mm-hmm. And I don't know exactly how I'm going to do that. I mean, I'm going to definitely run some cameras, but just covering ground yeah. is going to be the main thing. Yeah. I'm Looking back put on, more time into it. on the 2020 season and yep. even the 2021, I guess comparing those two, the two differences are in 2020 when I was with Keith, we covered a bunch of ground. We were just like, let's check this spot. Let's check this spot. Check this spot. And by doing that, we ultimately ran into where we had two really good hunts. One that we rattled in and I had my bow behind me. And then the other one that came in like point blank, they were both in the same video, but that all happened in the same area. And since then we've hunted that area during like the muzzleloader hunts and stuff like that. We've had some good luck there, but like, I guess the 2021 season, I felt like we tiptoed too much. Yep. It's like, we should have just been covering more ground. And we just never really found that spot again. I mean, we had a good hunt. Roy and I had the one where we called the one in, and he came in and saw us right right before he got into the open. But after that, everything just went, and I yep. would say the same thing goes for me in hindsight in the big timber. It's like, I wish I could just keep that mentality of, like, don't get attached to anything until you find what you're looking for. And some, a lot of times you don't even really know exactly what that looks like until you see it. Yeah. And you're like, yep, that's it. I'm just trying to spend more time on a specific tag, mm-hmm. basically. Because it seems like, I was thinking about this the other day. If you go back the last 12 years or whatever, and you, you try, people try to analyze like what went right this year, what went wrong. And they do it a lot with deer. I do it a lot with deer. Deer are really difficult. Like elk is you know you put in effort and you can see results mm-hmm. by just putting forth the effort mm-hmm. like you can you can really make turkey headway. as well turkey as well mm-hmm. putting forth the effort deer you can put forth effort but you don't know exactly where they are mm-hmm. because they're not vocalizing mm-hmm. like an elk is or a turkey is so mm-hmm. you go out there one day and you're turkey on you're like man i have no idea even where to start you can hear a bird from nine-tenths of a mile, mile off, and then you're like, okay, well, that's where I'm, I'm in the game, <laughs> yeah. and that's where I'm going. And if you don't get him that day, you may get a chance at him the next day or the next day. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're in the ball game. Yep. You step onto a big big woods public area, and a white-tailed buck ain't saying a peep. You yep. don't know where he is. You can kind of – you. I mean, we talk all the time about guessing and analyzing pressure and putting ourselves in mm-hmm. the highest odds situation, but the reality is – is you're still the odds are still stacked against you. You yeah. can do a lot of these small detail things to improve them, but when you're whitetail hunting, it's a it's a game of time. Yeah, totally. In the the years, the only correlation that I could see between the bad years, the average years, and the great years of deer hunting, the only correlation from our group that I can see is like on the great years we spent the time. Mm-hmm. We like you said, we didn't tiptoe around. We went in there and we learned the areas, mm-hmm. either as a group or individually or whatever. We yeah. got the intel and we learned the areas and we spent the time in there hunting them and learning them. In the years when we didn't do as well, we were bouncing around. Mm-hmm. We were going to this area and we were we were starting to learn it and then we were leaving. Yeah. And then we were going somewhere else. So mm-hmm. about the time we're getting all that intel and the, and the pieces are coming together, we're leaving. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So I'm trying not to do that. Mm-hmm. I mean, we tried not to do as much of that last year either, and it did. We did pretty good. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm hoping like, that we can build off of yeah. that. Yeah. And and then the nice thing is too, it's like if things go well, 
then you're sitting in a still a good position because you got people to go with, you've got other people that have either the same tag or a tag next door, whatever it may be. And it's like, you got, you can still go. I yep. think that's even, even if you're not in our situation and you're living at home, you can still go with a buddy. I mean, that's something that I used to love doing is like hunting with friends all season long, even before Midwest whitetail days. It's like, I remember, oh, yeah. Hey, you want to go hunting this weekend? It's like, yeah. And we'd sit in a stand together, you know? So it's like, I yeah. don't know. There's always opportunity to go. And I think that's kind of the, you know, another backup to that idea is just like, it's not like you're not going to be able to go hunting when you fill that tag. So any new gear? Yeah. I got that little stand out yeah. there. I don't know what that's going to be like. I don't know if I'm going to like that or not, but I'm going to dabble with that some this year. I found a little bitty stand. It's a XOP. I don't remember what it's called, but it's like six pounds. And it's maybe twice the size of my saddle platform, my predator platform. The the original predator. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. It's not much bigger. Yeah. I mean, it's it a really little bit is. bigger and it's got a seat on it. But I'm going to experiment with that a little bit because what we run into sometimes when we're saddle hunting and we, one of us is filming mm-hmm. is we're both facing each other. Yeah. So, like, you. You're facing the tree on this side, and then you've got the other platform at a 90 or around the back of the tree, and they're facing right at you. But what what I noticed when we were dabbling with one stand and one saddle is stand hunter is in, facing away from the tree, and the saddle hunter on the saddle platform is around the back, and they're right over the shoulder. I'm still going to wear my saddle. What I found out with this little bitty stand is, man, if you just had a safety harness – Mm-hmm. You can just use this tiny little footprint. Mm-hmm. You can't, you can't use the the exterior part of the stand like you can with a saddle. Right. Like a saddle platform, you know how you push on the yeah. edges of it, and you can kind of move around it. That's why the usability of such a small platform is so big. Mm-hmm. Because with a saddle, you're as you know, it's got all your weight. You're leaning against it. So I was, I started using that that stand the same way, and like, oh wow, it's really expanded my ability to get around the tree. And now I got a little padded seat. Yeah. But I don't, I mean, the seat's not really as big of a deal as the platform and the ability for me to turn around and stand on that thing Mm -hmm. and have, you know, somebody that's filming be right over the shoulder. And like I said, I don't know if it's going to work. I'd much rather just pack the saddle platform. And if I was hunting by myself, that's what I'd do. Mm -hmm. Uh, But that's my only line of thinking with it is we're going to experiment with it from the video Mm -hmm. standpoint. Yeah. I'm still going to use my phantom saddle Mm -hmm. and just use the stand as my platform essentially yeah Yeah, and it's like we'll see how it goes situational too right where you know you're going to a spot like let's say yesterday you were in there scouting and you found a tree right over a scrape and you're like all right we're coming back in here tomorrow morning you already got the vision of how that setup's going to look well then you could afford to pack the stand in especially if you know you're going to set up all day versus like a lot of times when we're saddle hunting we don't know if we're going to be on the ground, if we're going to be in a tree for 20 minutes or We don't know if we're going to be in days. a tree that's the size of my <laughs> wrist, you know. Yeah. And you get in those trees with a lot of branches, and that's where them little platforms really shine. Mm-hmm. It's like you can't get a whole stand in there. Like right. a lot of them trees we hunted in Arkansas last year. Oh, yeah. It's like 8, 10 feet off the ground. There was no way you're getting a stand in them unless mm-hmm. you just cut everything down, which right. you can't do on right. public land most places. Mm-hmm. So we just had to, like, finagle that little platform in between some forks of those branches. But you'd be surprised what you can do with that thing. So I'm definitely going to be using it. Um, but this may just be another tool that I can throw in. Cool. 
We'll see how it goes. Other than that, I don't think there's any other gear that I've been. Oh, the M2 vest. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's how I'm Duh. packing. That's how I'm packing all that. my stuff. I talked about it in the Onyx webinar we did a while ago. It's like that little vest works really good for putting a saddle platform on and four sticks mm -hmm. in the bird bag. And I've got my little six pound stand on there too. Yeah. And that works great. Then I can take my saddle bags off of the saddle and I can just use the horizontal pouches mm -hmm. on the vest yeah. for my ropes. Yeah. So I can get rid of the I can get rid of the, like the extra width and bulk of the saddle with those saddle bags or whatever. Yep. And then just use my vest pockets. Yeah. That's it should be pretty streamlined. Then I can run a bladder through the vest if I choose to, or there's enough room to put my Nalgene in there. Yeah, and if you want to use the seat, like I've been thinking about it for ground setups or even in a saddle, you could put the seat on there still and snap it to the tree, and you can get something for your knees as well. Yeah. Whether Again, whether you're on the ground or in a tree, which has been something I've been really conscious of going into the season. It's like, well, I'm not going to be able to do what I normally do, which is sit on my knees all day mm -hmm. so i'm gonna have to get creative with that i've even thought about just straight up sitting up with my butt against a tree sometimes just because being on my bad knee i sat on that saddle day. platform in arkansas and yeah. that worked pretty good if you could just pad it a little better pad the edge of it because mm -hmm. it eventually it starts to wear on the inside of your leg yeah. yep but that thing i mean i was sitting on that platform in a foot of water when me and greg almost killed that mm -hmm. butt that's a hilarious setup and that was, honestly, that was, you know, you couldn't be on your knees out there. Otherwise, you'd be waist wet, deep in water. Yeah. You'd be wet, um, which is, you know, if you got to do that, you got to do it. But that almost worked to perfection. Yeah. I, when I've sat on those platforms a couple times, and they pretty, it's a pretty versatile little device. Yeah. In Carl, when we did the um, podcast, I guess it was the first one we did on the new cha podcast channel, he talked about how you can use that saddle and just hang just off the ground. Yeah. So, like, for other people with knee problems, it was a good option for hanging and being elevated just enough to where you don't have weight on your legs all day and just kind of use it to float, and you can still kind of dance around the tree, but you're just barely off the ground, especially if you have, you know, some sort of front cover or something behind yep. you and then you got a tree behind you i mean that would be a pretty slick little setup that i'll probably try to little use a little bit more this year especially because yeah gotta be easy on that old knee <laughs> yeah i just jumped out of the car and now it's all aching on me but oh, daggum. all right well i think that's all for this segment appreciate you and we'll go to the next person see you guys uh, cole get out yeah dude hey, hey, it's my room my room <laughs> My room. <laughs> have fun. Oh, we're going to have fun. I'm just going to sit here and uh, listen. Yeah, you're good. In silence. You'll make an appearance on that. On that GoPro. Oh, sweet. <laughs> <laughs> All right, up next is Jacob. Background edition, Ted. It's going to be awesome. So, first question is, favorite memory from last season, 2022? I think... Uh, the day that him and I had where we both the shot double. the bucks. Oh, yeah, man. that would be that'd be hard to beat. That probably isn't ever gonna be another October whatever day that was like that. I'd I'd say for for us where you double up uh, double up on bucks with two different weapons. One in the middle of the day, I guess. Yeah, that was that was pretty uh that was a pretty wild day. 
I mean, Warb and I just talked about it from our perspective. So <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty wild. Uh-huh. <laughs> it was going into the, the bow setup, you know, and then they just kind of had a slow morning. And then basically it was just like, hey, there's a huge buck out here. If you guys want to come watch <laughs> us shoot it <laughs> and just like kind of be our eyes or whatever. And we were seeing a couple other deer and we had a little chase go on and stuff like that. So I guess we knew they could be in the game, but it's like it was kind of mid-October. You wouldn't exp- I wasn't expecting to next time i hear i heard from them after we left at whatever time it was 10 11 o'clock that they were gonna headshot have shot a buck yeah. between that that little time that had passed so that was that was really surprising i remember for me and hayden like i i really didn't think they were serious it's just like just didn't seem like something that was gonna happen i guess and then just sitting there on that thing and waiting for so long and then and just like him yeah just like the whole time and just like you're thinking about how he could potentially get away i guess what could go wrong yeah so. and what? i knew i knew i knew that we had a really good chance but it's just like i i've never like just like oh we're for sure gonna get them know. until you you know they're on the ground basically i guess yeah so that well, was and we had just had the hunt in north dakota which i'm sure at that point too is still fresh enough that it was running through your head where it's like we were close to the, the buck we called the hybrid buck mm-hmm. And we were, I mean, dude, how long? Yeah. I mean, that's probably the longest I've I've ever put into a specific deer, and then we didn't get him. Mm-hmm. And it was just like, yeah, and oof. it's just like you can get him in like situations where it seems like it's really ideal. And that did like that hybrid buck seemed like it was like a really ideal situation where it's just like there's only a couple different things you can do where you don't at least get drawn back on him or something like that, you know, and like have a pretty pretty good opportunity, but seems like more times than not they'll they'll find a way and that's mm-hmm. that's why bucks like that get big i guess mm-hmm. well and it's also what makes that double day so special is like yeah not only did it work out for you but ted also got a little bonus buck a bonus there. buck it's well there's just like, like three hooligans sitting like <laughs> yeah. not in the wide open like on the lip of the hill there yeah. but like definitely not probably in the in the setup you would have picked it's like you weren't just like sitting there like, oh, yeah, if something comes by, we'll for sure get it. <laughs> you know, but we we came over there just to give you the wiggies, remember? Yeah, yeah, that's uh, right. That's right, because I thought we were going to be able to cross that river. And, like, looking back, if we would have just did what we did and just, like, went all the way around right to begin with and didn't try to go through the river, it probably probably had to sit there as long as what we did because mm-hmm. he had stood up two or three times by the time we got over back in position and then, and then the longest bed was when you guys were yeah set up. and he was getting up but like he what the f- the first time he originally bedded he was in just like some shorter stuff where i could have got a shot at him i think while he was laying down yeah because he stood up like two or three times maybe even more uh, maybe four and uh i just could never see more than his tines so i couldn't pick out you know a, a neck or which way his body was oriented so i just didn't have a shot and I guess I knew he was in that little pocket, and the only way he could really get away is if he just walked straight away, which even then, when he got out in that stuff, I mean, we could have just made a move around that taller pocket of stuff he was in, I figured, to get a shot. But I guess you just never know. And then he just stood up and started feeding our way real slow. And I remember when I, like, he was just, like, feeding real slow, and I was starting to be able to see the line of his back through the weeds, and I just started shaking real bad. <laughs> And usually I just, I don't give myself enough time to start shaking and not, 
I, I, I was solid on him, so I was just like, I better start pulling the trigger here because I don't know how bad this shaking's about to get. It's probably a, a result, too, of the whole buildup, right? Like, mm-hmm. you've seen him. You know yeah. he's exactly where he's at. You're waiting for that opportunity. You've had some opportunities that were close but never quite the yeah. shot you wanted. And then all of a sudden it's like, okay, yeah. you're starting to kind of get to that point where – And I had all day to sit there and think, like, because yeah. I knew that was going to be the most important thing. Is like, I'm probably going to get a shot at this thing. It's going to be a far shot, but, a, like, I've shot – the gun further than that and i know i can make the shot i just need to make sure i have a really solid rest i guess and so that's what i was just thinking about the whole day i guess is just make sure i mean i i felt really really solid and <laughs> i've never heard a like a bullet impact like that i've never shot something especially with a firearm and just been like i definitely hit, hit him. him yeah, yeah. it was just like it just went like like two two by fours getting like when hayden broke his <laughs> broke his arm <laughs> yeah. and arm wrestles what it sounded like really yeah it was super, super loud and distinct, and I mean, you, the the camera honestly did a pretty good job of picking up what it actually yeah. sounded like. So, yeah. Like, but they were up on the ridge, a couple hundred yards away, and like heard it. They're just like, well, you got him. <laughs> so that was pretty wild. And then went back in there, and the next day, and found Ted's buck still fully intact. So that was that was good. Yeah. And that thing ended up being. Bigger than bigger than what I thought it was, I guess, from just seeing the the footage of him. Like mm-hmm. when you shot him, like when we got up to him, it was just like, holy cow, he's he's like definitely more massive and just bigger antler than I figured he was. Classic gonna be. ground growth. <laughs> it happens. Yeah, it's nice when it does happen. <laughs> so, what hunts are you looking forward to most going into this season? Uh, I think the 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 mule deer hunt, just because that. I've never, and none of us really have ever just specifically target targeted mule deer. Like, mm-hmm. so we got a mule deer rifle tag, which will be some. I, I mean, I, I guess the, I always figured maybe the first time I hunted mule deer, it would be with a bow. But I, I was just talking to you about what to do uh, with some points that I had, and that's what we settled on. It's just like let's just do it. I yeah. mean, it's something different and something new. So I'm excited to go and try that. Yeah, I am too because. Uh, I just think it'll be fun to experiment mm-hmm. different strategies and like yeah, we're gonna be in a unit where we can do a wide variety of things, mm-hmm. so that'll be fun. And then I'd imagine it's gonna be what we end up doing is gonna be pretty weather dependent. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's like we might be able to snow track. We might be able to hunt darn near like deserty mm-hmm. type of. Uh, I guess lower, drier elevation stuff, and potentially glass and even some higher country stuff, stuff if yeah. it, the weather allows. And it's just pretty cool to have so many options and just be able to. I think also going with you gives me this relaxation on it, where it's like I know we're going to go with the flow and figure it out, uh-huh. and we're not going to get too caught up in anything, and yeah, we'll figure a- it out. And also, we we have zero expectations. How do you think it's going to go? Like, what is your ex- <laughs> what is your expectation? How do you think it's going to go? Like, what's what what do you think is the worst that it could go, and the best it could go? I guess. I think the best that it could go is, for whatever reason, we have this confidence in the weather to get up in there and we're like dude that's where the monsters are and like something goofy happens where like either we glass one or we just track down a big one right uh-huh. and we're just like what you know <laughs> that's the best it could go because we, we don't have any experience with it you know? no so. no and i think the worst it could go and even that being the worst i think is that 
we just struggle in general and we have to make major adjustments to the plan so like maybe we go from one strategy like tracking for example and then we're like well that's not working all the deer seem to be at a different elevation and then we go lower and we still struggle and even then though i think we'll find something if we got high deer density we're gonna have some fun i'd say yeah because uh never shot a mule deer before so well i think it's just (laughs) we see a decent buck he's He's gonna want to keep his neck down. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's great. I'm I'm also excited about it. My dad has the same tag. And like uh-huh. The vision for that is, um, just kind of having that camp atmosphere mm-hmm. as much as possible too. I think that'll be cool. Yeah. Just being able to try different stuff, and at the end of the day, like, yeah, just no expectations. Have fun, mm-hmm. and I know that we'll do that. Mm-hmm. So that's cool. Um. As far as strategies go, is there anything that you're looking forward to trying? Different things, yeah. learning more about, anything um, like I'm that? I'm interested in trying pretty much only gun hunting for a whole fall. Because <laughs> 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 I, have, I have two tags right now. They're both gun tags. <laughs> and I'll get a Wisconsin gun tag probably. I'll get an Iowa gun tag. So that's four gun tags total. <laughs> so... Jake's big gun here. <laughs> yeah, and hopefully that you know maybe we'll just go tracking in the northeast or something. Yeah. That's something that for your number fifth, I want to do. So <laughs> might as well be on the on the on the gun only year. Yeah, I think it's. I mean, you love gun hunting, and for those that do. don't know, like seriously, the first time I ever saw Jake with a gun tag, it was actually a hilarious moment for me. I talk <laughs> about it all the time. It's like I'll even talk about it and be like, "Yeah, it's like Jake can." Jake on first day of gun season, you know, <laughs> it's like the guy got up first, making coffee, is like all jolly and talkative, and it's like that's not the same dude yesterday in both season. <laughs> yeah, and which is cool. I mean, it, it's like uh, I think a lot of people feel that way too. So yeah. that's a good. It's like it's always it's always like a new a new thing. I guess it seems like it's like. Uh, it's almost like a reset, right? Yeah. It's almost like a seasonal reset. Because either you've you've tagged out if you're lucky, and you may you maybe ha- you probably haven't bow hunted in in a week or two. You know, mm-hmm. most states you only get one one uh, buck tag with a bow, so you've just been either sitting on the sideline in that way, or you've been struggling, and you're just like, all right, now I can shoot more than however many yards mm-hmm. you want to shoot. So I don't know. It's it's fun. I yeah, my favorite memories from growing up hunting were definitely gun hunting memories and they a lot of the, i mean as much as we get to hunt almost every year the, my favorite memories end up being with a gun still mm-hmm. i just it's a lot of fun mm-hmm. and i think we've talked about it before and i've heard like i've talked about it with jared Scheffler. i was just thinking about it earlier today for some reason it's just like at the same time i like uh, if if i had to take a percentage of tags that i've filled oh. like Way, way way more bow tags i've filled than gun tags so it's like I, I, I like the people that say that it's just like you know gun hunting's easy because i mean a lot most people i know it's just like i know a lot of people that will fill a bow tag and kill a buck every year but not a lot not a lot of people that do it with a gun i guess not as many people that do it with a gun i guess and it's just an interesting thing to think about that everybody wants to talk about how it's so much easier but in reality 
there's just so many more people in the woods usually and it's just new variables it's like a whole new list of variables Mm -hmm. and the number one is pressure yeah so if you're hunting pressured areas whether that's public or private yeah doesn't matter and i think that's also i mean if you've seen the gun videos too that's also a big part of why i get so excited just because i know anything can happen Mm -hmm. it's just like that property that i grew up hunting on was never a real destination for the deer to be until the pressure got on so it's just like i know that maybe there hasn't been anything that's showed up all year that was even that big but who, mm-hmm. like if there's a hot doe within in this whole block like there's a good chance that it could just get pushed right down in here and it seems like it happened a lot so i guess that's probably a big part of why i get so excited too is just because i know anything could happen it's just like all of a sudden a group of guys comes walking through and then there's a big buck sneaking out the back running right at you mm-hmm. that happened a lot yeah. and i mean to back up your uh tags filled versus not filled and as of 2019 in december with y'all in nebraska i was on a nine-year gun buckless streak Mm -hmm. had not shot a buck with a gun in nine years which is just insane Mm -hmm. and i think that it wasn't for lack of trying and and i mean missed one in 2018 the year before but like Otherwise, just really didn't even have the opportunities. Mm-hmm. And I think that the the act of shooting a gun, I think, is easier to pick up on. And that's when it gets generalized. And, and not to say, like, maybe your situation is truly easier. And if that's the case, yeah. like, that's okay. But in the situations that we've had, it's like, it, it really makes no sense to try to argue which one's harder. Because it's like, they're both pretty damn hard. Mm-hmm. But I really like gun hunting because again it's like that reset it's got a different feel you can apply different strategies you can hunt with more people it makes makes a little more sense to hunt with more people and i think that's just cool aspect that i think everybody in our group really enjoys yep any new gear not yet but i i've got so i I, i've got a new gun on the way for this western (laughs) hunt that Hayden's helping me out with, so I'm getting that here soon. I'm excited to what what caliber? Uh, 300 Weatherby. Okay. <laughs> so I've never had. I mean, I'm just not the kind of person that's really gonna buy much. <laughs> so <laughs> I have the gun that my my dad get, uh, bought for me, the 30 odd six that I shoot, and a couple shotguns, mostly that have been passed down, and I've never had like a long range rifle like that. Really my 30 odds. I, I think I've talked to you about it. It's like, I, I'm more confident with my Thompson center impact than I am with my 30 odd six out to 200 yards, <laughs> just because the trigger's so heavy on yeah. my 30 odd six. So I've, I've never had a gun that was real fun to shoot long distance. And I'm excited to get out and do some, a little, you know, stretching it out. He, that's, and that's what he did before his elk on a couple mm-hmm. of years ago. Wheat fields are coming off. So, we can get in some big long stretches and shoot pretty much as far as my skill level will allow and that'll be good to do i think before going out there on that mule deer hunt just really knowing how far we can be effective and i got some good friends that can give me pointers and help me set that stuff up so i'm excited to do that right about the time jake gets all set up and gets all his boxes shells lined up what you ought to do is put them in your car and drive to a different state <laughs> Is that what I did? <laughs> we get out there, we get out there, 
when he had the elk tag a couple of years ago and he opens the gun case and he's just like you can tell something's going wrong you can see his face has changed and he's like jake must have my bullets and i was just like oh no like this isn't good and like luckily i don't even remember you just have like enough in hand that you could use those and then you shot the other ones to make sure signed it in with the bullets that i had but i only had like uh i don't know maybe like 10 but we were gonna shoot it that day just make sure it was still on and so we're zach comes up the hill with the gun case because you had taken the gun to wyoming because oh, you yeah, had and I have it. So you asked me if I, if you could take the gun and the shells to Wyoming because you or you thought you might go to Wyoming. <laughs> and we didn't try. And I was like, no, I remember, I remember being like, I guess <laughs> you can take it. Because then the plan was you were going to give the gun to Zach and Zach was going to bring the gun to me. And I don't remember where I was. I think I was here and then going out there. And so the gun had to make it with Jake to Wyoming and then to Zach and then to me. <laughs> and all that worked out except for the other box of shells that I was playing on. Yeah, I shouldn't be responsible for anybody else's bullets. I think we realized that. Or powder or primers, nothing like that. <laughs> yeah, that should be someone else's role. I remember it just being like... My gut just dropped. <laughs> oh, I remember your oh face. God. I remember your face and that, that look of like, something's really bad here. Like you, it's <laughs> like your face turns red and you're, you know, everything's just not looking good. It's also uh, reminds me of that time just real recently when I was like, Jake, you got that Blackhorn 209? And he's just like, uh-uh. Or it's like, well, if it's in that box, and it's just like, you know what that means. It's like, it ain't in that box. <laughs> no, I didn't have it. I think that was actually two seasons ago. That was in Indiana last year, I think. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice. Things ended up working out. Nick got a nice buck. Yeah, Nick did get a nice buck. I got there. sick for a couple of days there. Yeah, that was an interesting tale. <laughs> anyway, yeah, with that, cool. Yeah. Any final thoughts going into the 2022 season? Like 23? <laughs> yeah. We're living in the past, dude. <laughs> um, no. Cool. I, yeah. Got no other new gear that I want to talk about. <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thanks, Jacob. On to the next. Right. Ted Z. Zach F. <laughs> What's your favorite memory from last season? Probably the Kansas, Kansas deer. Yeah, that was pretty memorable. Because <laughs> I had been out there three different times, actually, maybe even four different times. Because me and Keith went out there in the summer, summer, scouted for three days or something, and then we went to Montana with you guys. Yep. And then we came back and hunted it early season. Got close a couple times then. Yep. And didn't end up killing one. So then hunted in Iowa until Jake shot that buck or Jake and I both shot those bucks and I guess I had shot two bucks here at that point mm -hmm. so then I didn't have any tags here so then me and Nick went back out to Kansas <laughs> hunted out there had some really cool hunts and I just like 
hunting out there because you can see everything and it's always so exciting so hunted for a week then and i remember we talk about having a reset or whatever all the time and that was a hunt where it was like it was super fun at the start and we were like going 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 we just couldn't quite get one down and then i remember me and nick just feeling like we had some like bad weather coming up it was going to be hot for like three days in a row and we had already been there for i think like seven days Mm -hmm. and it was just the two of us and at that point we were like we can either stick these three warm days out and then at the after that it's going to be nice weather and we can keep going and we were like let's just go back home so we drove through the night back here and just hung out here for like three days worked on videos and then drove straight back out there and then that time when we went out there i think we were probably there for like three or four days and then we started having all kinds of car trouble i feel like that's the funniest part of the whole whole ordeal is the car trouble the car trouble was a nightmare yeah because the car I mean, there was like three separate occasions we got out there and had to call Nick's dad because he's a mechanic and started asking him all kinds of questions and telling him what's going on. And the coolant was low, so we had to put water in the uh, radiator, I think. I don't know. <laughs> Whatever. Somewhere Whatever was there. smoking, that's where we put the water in. <laughs> Throw it to town. And then... <laughs> You know, we were limping it along, and finally we ended up shooting that buck. And that was actually part of the reason we shot right, the buck. Yeah, it's like a result of the car problems because yeah, we shooting had, a buck. had been going to, like, these certain spots and hunting around these certain spots. And then that morning, woke up, had a flat tire, had to change, put the spare on <laughs> in the dark, and then we could make it about a mile, and the car would start overheating. And so... For some reason, I thought, well, I'm going to go this way to town because I wanted to just see something different and turned right and we had to stop every mile and it was probably five miles in and spotted a buck off the road and went down there and killed him. That's so great. Yeah. Nick, I remember Nick telling me too, um, I think when we had first got together, he was telling me the full length story and he was telling me about how... um, he was kind of just like, damn, like this is rough when the car was breaking <laughs> oh, down. Yeah. He's like went from was... the tire to like, now you guys are only making it a mile at a time. And he's like, I remember just being there, sitting there and just being like so out of it. And then he's like, then I had to just like snap my mental attitude back. And then it's like, he's like, as soon as I decided to do that, he's like, then we look up and there's a buck and all that happened. And it was great. <laughs> this is so hilarious. How- it was so funny because we got up that morning and it was just all not going south basically and we weren't Mm -hmm. talking that much we were like you know just getting along i mean we were getting along and we were like but 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 at that point you're just like (laughs) oh yeah i mean the the, the wind is out of the sails at that point completely because you're just like well we can't just drive into town we can't just drive to any hunting spot that we want so we're just basically wasting the day is what it felt like <laughs> yeah trying to get to town yep <laughs> next thing you know you got one down next thing yeah exactly it's just like a total 180 mm-hmm. of now we spot this buck he's like right on the edge of public loop around and i remember 
we spot those bucks and I don't remember what was said, but I remember being like, we're going to, I was like, I'm just going to drive it straight down here. Cause I think it was like right at the point where the car was overheating bad. <laughs> And I'm like, I'm driving right down here, and we're going to park at this boat ramp, and we're going to go in there after these things. <laughs> and just gunned it back around there, and the the thermostat was, like, <laughs> over the H for a long time. <laughs> but it worked out. But you got him. Yep. So what hunts are you looking forward to this season? I don't actually have, like, any tags other than Iowa. Mm-hmm. And then Mississippi I have yeah. a tag for. That one, I'll. If we actually end up going on that one, I'll be pretty excited mm-hmm. about that one. Not sure if we're gonna end up going to North Dakota early, or what the plan is. Mm-hmm. But as far as for when I'm gonna be hunting, Mississippi, Iowa, maybe North Dakota. Mm-hmm. I have no idea. Um, but I'm trying to think of some other tags in the groups, in the group that I. I mean, I'm excited to go on any of them usually. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think it'd be fun to go out to Kansas skin with Jake and hunt that muzzleloader. Yeah. Or those deer hunts that you guys have in mm-hmm. Colorado would be fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like it's uh, one of those things, too, like you just said earlier today. You're like, I don't know, when it's summer, I sometimes just don't think about hunting all that much. And it's like that's cool <laughs> really I, don't. Really. I mean i do yeah but like to a way less degree than i think like you do mm-hmm. you're thinking about it all the time i wish i was like that and i sometimes i'm like why am i not like that but it's just like nah, I just, nothing wrong my mind it. just <laughs> turns it off well usually. i think i think this is maybe a little bit of a deeper thing outside of hunting, but like with this knee injury, I realize that there's other things too that I've, I don't want to say lost interest in, but I have forgot how interested I am in because I just, between COVID shutting a lot of those things down for a time mm-hmm. and then just taking the hunting and ramping it up, especially during that time, I just got on this hunting binge where it was like, I was doing that so much that I quit paying any attention to some of the other stuff that I like to do that are just hobby, like, you know, fun little things that I do on the weekend. Like one major one is listening to live music, like going to that event. Uh And I've been doing that since this happened. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I like actually remember how much I (laughs) like doing that to where I need to set some more time aside and like plan for that instead of just be like oh no i'm gonna just map scout all night you know (laughs) it's like get a life dude you know i mean i think it's great though because it definitely helps when hunting season comes around you already have a lot of ideas going into it yeah pros and cons oh yeah but it's but it is healthy to have a balance and i think that's cool Uh um are there any new strategies or things that you're looking to try more of that you've done in the past um I'm mostly looking forward to trying that decoy yeah. that Dad made. Yeah. I'm definitely looking forward to trying that. That's, like, the main thing that I'm looking forward to doing, I would say. Yeah. And that I guess that kind of goes into the gear thing, too, right? Like, it's kind of the same answer, probably, huh? Yeah, pretty much. I mean, that's been the one thing that I've been thinking about the most going into this season. And I was... 
I wish that I would have gotten a Kansas tag um, again this year, but I completely forgot about yeah. the draw because it's like April. So we were turkey hunting. But that would be a fun place to take it. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's obviously other options for it. Like if we do end up going up to North Dakota, that'd probably be a pretty mm-hmm. good spot. Probably be pretty tough to take it around. But I've actually of... never been to North Dakota. Really? So I want to go up there. Yeah. yeah. That'd be cool. I think just hunting anywhere, really, though, with that sort of decoy, I mean, you can really utilize a decoy like that yeah. anywhere. And I think that um, it's cool just because you can – use it in a lot of different ways you can use it as a setup it's kind of like a silhouette decoy i mean it is a silhouette decoy it's a what what would you call that like a 2d decoy almost it's like yeah, it's like a 2d except for the face neck and muzzle yeah yeah so i guess how exactly did that come about and how was it made and like how much time was put into that because i have no i've never oh. actually asked you yet um, or maybe I have, but I forgot. It came about from the Whitetail Adrenaline mm-hmm. videos, 100%. Like, Dad and I have been watching those for a long time. And he's always talked about making one of those, but never done it. And then this winter, I don't – he had an old mount in the, in the basement. It was in my bedroom, the deer that he shot a long time ago. And so he just decided one day he found this waterproof boarding and that he could use and then started just thinking about it and eventually came up with a plan of how he was going to do it. Like cutting, took the back of the mount apart, cut the foam down so it would sit flat and then got like cowhide to put on the, uh, for the body of the deer. So yeah, he put a lot of thought into it. I mean, he's, he spent all winter working on that. That was all he did was he'd go to work and then he'd come home and then that's what he would do is be out in the garage working on that. That's cool. And he's still still doing that right now. Making just more of them? <laughs> yeah. Like, is he trying to improve them or is he making yeah. them the same way? Like, he's this newest one that he's working on, he put a different type of foam underneath the cowhide to make mm-hmm. it, try and make it quieter, mm-hmm. and he made it smaller, like this way. Yeah. Lengthwise. Okay. And maybe a little bit heightwise, I'm not sure. But definitely made it a little skinnier this way. Trying to just have a different, like more versatile one or option. Yeah, I just guess. trying to make it lighter. Yeah. I think. It's cool. But I mean, they're heavy, but they're not heavy if you carry them the right way. Yeah. You kinda get your arms. Yeah, if you like get them that. Yeah. You can get a balance and then it doesn't seem like it's too bad. But I I just wanna I just want to take that thing right at a buck and get him to bristle up and come oh, right yeah. in. <laughs> well, I think the cool thing about it, too, is it's given you extra room to hide behind it compared to, like, what I was using with Nick last year. Yeah. Which worked, but I don't think you're going to get away with nearly as much as you would with that thing, especially oh, yeah. in that same exact situation, right? It's like, take that same situation Nick and I were in and put that thing in front of us. It's like, well, we got way more flexibility to move. Yeah. And, get a shot off behind that thing but uh-huh. the one problem that i had with the one on my bow is i was i had never actually had a buck come into that thing yet so i was just like well as soon as he pops out i just was like well i'm drawn because i better be ready because <laughs> i don't know what i can get away with and just held the draw the whole time where i feel like with that you can draw behind it and then come out from behind it which uh-huh. i like yeah but it's kind of cool yeah it'll be interesting to see how it works for sure. I mean, I've 
I don't see it any way that it wouldn't work in the right situation. Mm-hmm. But I think the only we'll thing see. with something like that is just additional noise that can set them off to be like, that was unnatural. Mm-hmm. I think that's the biggest thing with yeah. really any decoy, though, is if they circle downwind of you and if it makes some unnatural noise. And mm-hmm. obviously, if you've got a stationary setup, you're probably not going to be making any noise with it. But moving with those things, I feel like even just your feet on the ground sometimes can be a little bit much. Yeah, for sure. Especially when you got your own feet. And then, and then the guy behind it, yeah. But cool. Well, appreciate your time, Ted. <laughs> no problem. <laughs> On to the next. <laughs> We've got a list of questions for you, Nicholas. Can you handle it? I uh, hope. I don't know. You know a lot we'll of pressure out. here. Uh, I'd like to find out what I'm made of, so... <laughs> Go ahead, hit me, tube sock. <laughs> Favorite memory from last season? Oh, memory or hunt? Doesn't matter. Man, that's tough. Because I had a lot of really good ones, you know. We had the Minnesota buck, the Kansas buck, the North Dakota buck. Just both North Dakota trips in general mm-hmm. were just so much fun. Um Hmm. You talked about the pronghorn hunt last night, too. Oh, the pronghorn hunt. Yeah, I'll, and I forget about it because it was in August mm-hmm. before everything really got going. Oh, man. You don't have to pick the right answer, either. It can just no, be I'm like I'm going to do something totally in. off the wall. Do it. I think my favorite memory. <laughs> <laughs> so, it's the day that Jake killed that buzzloader bug. Uh-huh. And, <laughs> and <laughs> I wasn't there. So it was Greg and Hayden and Jake and Ted and Keith. They were all there. And they didn't need a cameraman that day, so I went duck hunting. Mm-hmm. And then I got back after hunting, and they weren't back, so I cooked red beans and rice. And I was like, well, I have a big meal prep for them when they get home this evening. And then I started getting updates of what was happening with the hunt. Anyways, long story short, Jake kills that buck. And he's like, hey, come meet us here. So he drops me a pin. And I take off, and I go out there, and I meet him. I just come running up like a wild banshee, hollering, you know, just I was fired up. That It had all fizzled out for them. I mean, they already got him quartered out almost. Yep. But I come running up, and I, everybody's in a circle, and I ran around the circle. I'm pretty sure Greg was filming, and I slapped everybody on the butt <laughs> going around in a circle. <laughs> and I didn't do Greg because he's filming, and – we got back that night and we were eating red beans and rice and I had just showered and so I'm standing in the kitchen in my underwear and everybody's in there eating. <laughs> and Greg come walking through here and he walked up and come up behind me and smacked me on the ass. <laughs> he caught me completely off guard. And I turned around and looked and he was just looking standing there smiling at me. And we just were like, All right and he and that was him letting me know <laughs> that he noticed. Yeah, and he was okay with it. <laughs> <laughs> and I loved it. So I, I held on to that. And I'm like, all right, I'm keeping that in the back of my mind because next time that sort of situation comes up, he's getting it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a great one. I appreciate that one. Yeah. Because it is, it is different, but but it is a. It's like a funny moment. It's a, it's a, like, yeah, one of those moments where it's like, all right, yeah. we can deal. This is, 
We're on the same page. We made here. eye contact and we were like, oh, all right, okay. Yeah, this is okay. This is good. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> and it's also funny too when when Greg throws you off with something goofy oh, yeah. like that. Where you caught just me like, completely yeah. out, like out of left field. I had no idea that was coming. And I'm standing there in my chonies in the kitchen in front of everybody, and he got me good. It was one of them. Good <laughs> <laughs> oh, on you, Greg. So, what hunts are you looking forward to going into this season? Um. Anything, uh, any whitetail hunt, western, mm-hmm. um, and I guess western from here, Oklahoma would be western if we mm-hmm. went to Oklahoma or Kansas, which I don't really consider western, but mm-hmm. I guess it is. Um, anything like that, if anything western, I want to be a part of. Mm-hmm. Just I love being out there and doing yeah. it that way, and there'll be elk hunts going on and Mm -hmm. stuff in some capacity. So if there's a room or anything, I'd love to hop in on something like that. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I've, I don't really, I mean, I'm, I'm just fired up. Honestly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, anything new kind of is what it sounds like. Anything new. And and if I had to peg just one thing in particular, I'd probably say elk hunt or a mule deer hunt. Cause I know Greg's got a mule deer tag. Mm -hmm. I've never been a part of a mule deer hunt. What does he have a mule deer tag for? Wyoming. Yeah. Yeah, Wyoming. Yep. Yeah. Okay, okay. I knew that there was some chatter about Wyoming at one point, mm-hmm. but I hadn't really heard the details on that. So, But if I had to pick one, I mean, I would choose an elk hunt just because yeah. I haven't been on one. And mm-hmm. and that's uh, they're getting fired up in there. Mm-hmm. They're all in there watching the video we just filmed, yeah. which is a pretty funny yeah. series. <laughs> so any strategies that you're looking to – do that you haven't done in the past or expand on this season. I'm looking to expand on calling more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anytime I have an opportunity to be a part of someone calling or to be someone that's tag holder calling myself. Mm-hmm. After the experiences I had last year, being with people calling, me and you in Minnesota mm-hmm. grunting that buck in, uh, me and Ted rattled some bucks in in Kansas, and then the buck I rattled in in Texas, yep. I really want to – I want to do that some more. That like mm-hmm. sent me over the edge. So I want to. I want to call. Cool. In any capacity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Heck yeah. Heck yeah. <laughs> oh. Oh hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> any new gear that you can think of that you're excited about trying out this year? That's new to you. Hmm. I mean, I did buy a GoPro. I mean, I've, used, I've used GoPros a bunch, y'all's, but I got my own now. That's cool. Uh, that I just got, so I mean, I'll be using that. Um, I don't know. I might get some new arrows here soon, so that'd be cool. Mm-hmm. I mean, as far as arrows, something I haven't I haven't spoke on yet is anything I'm excited about, and I did get new arrows. Yeah. Um, Ranch Ferry has been for years telling me about switching spines. I finally did it, so I went from a 300 to 250 spine. And my arrow flight has been phenomenal. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I finally got into that realm of having a quality arrow flight that I'm proud of and I'm consistent with. Mm-hmm. And I'm also going to bump up to 150 grain broadhead. So I've got my total arrow weight in a little bit different spot than I've ever had it. I'm at about 550. I guess maybe two years ago I had it at 550 as well. But I kind of like it right now. It's shooting really well. And, you know, when you have good aeroflight, 
I mean, I know we talk about that stuff all the time, but if you watch my arrows, they haven't been that great. Yeah. I mean, well, they've it's, been it's pretty been constant. I mean, all last season, this season, it's it's every time we shoot, there's something like so eventually by the time we get done shooting, you're like, oh, okay, it's I got my stuff shooting good, and the next time we shoot, you're like. Well, now it's doing this. It's mm-hmm. tail high. It's tail left. Yeah. You know, it's and we're fixing. We're working. Mm-hmm. But now, it seems like it's just very consistent. You got it. Yeah. And, and I for think, the first time since switching to the heavy setups and single bevel broadheads, mm-hmm. you finally feel like you got what you need. Yeah. And I like what I've been using, but I think this is just a step in the right direction as far as finding that balance of what works for me in mm-hmm. my setup, I yeah. suppose. And I think the 250 spine is, has been the answer. And I just really just put it off, I guess, as mm-hmm. much as anything and didn't want to necessarily like, I didn't want to commit to switching or buying new, a whole new setup. And I was like, I'll keep using what I'm using. But then you start experimenting and you start going through yep. that actual process. And I mean, I'm just excited about trying something different too, just because, mm-hmm. you know, that's always a fun that's, change. That's what made me. So I've been. I heard. I knew you switched, mm-hmm. and then I know Jake's switching, and I think Ted and several people are switching. And I'd been telling myself, I was like, I'm not going to switch this year because I'm. I'm everything's for me is flying really oh, good you've right had now. Great flight, yeah. So I don't want to mess with it. But and then I got to thinking, I was like, if I'm going to switch next year, anyways, mm-hmm. I mean, it's July. I got time. Time, yeah. It's like, why? Might as well just go ahead and do it. Mm-hmm get it out of the way, be done with it. Mm-hmm. And so I'm going to try to make the switch. Yeah. But other than that, I think anything cool new gear uh, I might try to do this year. I might try to do um, a different pack. Mm-hmm. So I have like a – for like a day pack. Mm-hmm. So I had the backpack I used all last year, which I just – that's from like Bass Pro. I don't even know what it is. It's not even like a redhead brand or anything. Mm-hmm. I don't. I don't have a clue what it is. I have that, and I like it, but it's not conducive for what we're doing. Yeah. It's a little small. Like, when we were out in North Dakota last year, like, I needed a little more yeah. pack. Mm-hmm. And so I'm going to experiment, look around, see if I can get something new for that, which I intend to do. New boots. And what I'm most excited about is new underwear. Yeah? Yeah. Which Go I under- haven't got you yet. We're working on it, <laughs> but merino underwear. Yeah. Whether I don't care, I don't know how I'm going to get them. Either way, you're getting. Them. I'm getting them because I'm wearing merino underwear this year. It is pretty weird how like not stinky they get. What's well, the? Stay. I, I got some that. brands that are nice brands, but they're like the polyester, you know. Yeah, and they hold stink like. Oh skunk. man, I mean seals. They the, hold stink like a skunk. Yeah, seals the flavor really <laughs> sticks to you. You know, and you can't once you get it like them underwear like that, you can't unget it. No, it's the, it, the stink is there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, how many times you wash it, and like I've noticed because <laughs> I remember the other day, I was like, oh, this is a pair that I you know had since last year, wore all hunting season, and you go on these ten day trips and you wear two pairs in ten yeah, days, and yeah. they get rank. And uh, I washed them, and I was like, oh, these are good, and I put them on. And then went, like, it was 100 degrees back home in Texas, and I come back inside, and I was like, <laughs> son, <laughs> you stink. <laughs> and it's them chonies, man. So for hunting trips now, I'm getting, I'm either going to have just, like, some good cotton, because you can get by with that. Yep. It's not as bad. Yep. Or merino undies. That's what I'm rolling with. 
here's a question for you. Mm-hmm. Have you ever had itchy ass disease? I think I've had it my whole life. <laughs> <laughs> In fact, I had it just about a half hour ago before I took a shower. Because <laughs> I'm pretty sure I didn't get a good wipe earlier. <laughs> this is more of a cheek deal. Oh, on the cheeks. Mm-hmm. Uh, I get that. Like, you go swimming. Swimming, yep. And you get out, and mm-hmm. you're still wearing your trunks, mm-hmm. and you sit down on a, a bench or yep. or some sort of not cushion, any seat really, and you just get that moisture. It just really, and then you're mm-hmm. just, your butt cheeks. Oh, and just, you just can't, it's like, you get to a point, and you just can't shake it. No, I mean, the only thing it fixes it is a shower. Yep. That's yeah, it. And like a complete change and of clothes. And you got to get dry, yep. dry, like all the way dry. You got to get that ass dry <laughs> and then put on some dry undies and then you're good. And honestly, when you do that, it's one of the best feelings in the world. Yeah, it is because I've got myself into some, I've got, yeah, the disease hard at and times. You're getting that just violent itching. Oh, and like, it's like there's nothing you yeah. can do. You can't get it. No. No matter how hard you try. No, because it's under the skin. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. in there. Yeah. Like swimwear. <laughs> and it's, it's funny too because. You can get it with underwear when you sweat too much, but yes. I feel like that's another advantage of the merino. It doesn't happen as often. For whatever reason. It's wicking. It is. Wicking off so of your body. You don't get catch yeah. itchy ass disease out yeah. there. So Yeah, I'm making the switch because you've been wearing them, mm-hmm. and Jake's been wearing them. And then when I did this Western Turkey trip with Sam Soholt this mm-hmm. year, he was – I guess we got – I don't know. It has been a couple of days. I was like – Man, I have got to change because I am rank. And he was like, you got to get merino underwear. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I'm going to do that. He said, it'll it'll change completely. You'll you'll be amazed. So yeah. I'm taking Sam's advice. Good advice, Sam. All right, well, Nick, that's all the questions I've got for you. So appreciate your time. Well, this has been a pleasure, Zach. Oh, absolutely. Always is, bud. <laughs> I'm in. <laughs> Well, you got a tough one to follow. Nick had some pretty comical uh, tales there. It was oh, just great. as ridiculous as you could imagine, <laughs> and it was awesome. Uh, I wouldn't expect anything else from him. <laughs> so, favorite memory from last season? Uh, uh, I would say it's a, it's a close tie between the two hunts I had with Jake, between the muzzleloader buck he killed and then the archery buck. Uh, they're just both really insane hunts that were unforgettable and like last year as well, like got in more into like filming the rest mm-hmm. of the crew. And like, that was like overall from last fall, that's probably the thing I'll remember the most as far as like the big story from mm-hmm. the fall for me was like just getting more involved with the filming side of things yeah. and learning more about that. But those two hunts specifically stick out just in were insane hunts where both like experiences that I or like uh hunts that were unique to things that I hadn't experienced yeah. before with like his muzzleloader buck the amount of time we just sat there waiting on a buck that we could see him where he was bedded for that long of a time mm-hmm. and then having that buck come in just looking for a fight with us on the ground yeah. like that that was real intense yeah that's that's a cool one to me I really enjoyed watching that one just because that's the type of bow hunting that I really enjoy. And the only reason I'm focusing on that one is 
literally everybody else has brought up that same hunt with the muzzleloader. Mm-hmm. Even Warp and I talked about it. We weren't even there. Yeah. Nick talked about it. He wasn't even there. So yeah. it's kind of funny how much of an impact it had on everyone, even if we weren't there, just because of the updates and the Snapchats yeah. and stuff like that. So that's cool. But that hunt that you guys had on the ground is cool in so many ways. It's the aggressive style, the calling them in, the kind of temporary setup that you guys had. I mean, there's so many aspects of that that I think were really cool and unique. And then the the shot and everything is just mm-hmm. pretty cool. And even when Nick and I ended up killing a buck in a very similar fashion, what, a week or two later, it was funny because one of the last things I say to Nick before we make our final move to get to the spot that we shot the buck, I'm like, I, I finished what I'm saying, finished the thought, and then I turned to walk, and I'm like, pretty much what just happened to Jake and Hayden or whatever, <laughs> and then I turned to walk again. Yeah. So, you know, even the teaching other people or, like, just another experience for anyone, like, that goes for people watching, too. That's just another experience that you can reference and say, hey, maybe if we do this, we'll have some luck and it's a confidence boost. So I yeah. think that's cool. Yeah. It was kind of an eye opener of like, especially that time of year, how aggressive you can get, especially when you got like a bunch of different places you can, you can bounce around and like, why not get super aggressive? Especially if you find one in a situation just like that, where you know, he's got a doe pin down, mm-hmm. you know, there's another satellite buck around there kind of bumping him around. He's already in, he's already in the mood. Like we mm-hmm. knew that from spotting them so it's like why not just get aggressive and and try it oh yeah and like in those situations the two times we were in them i guess three even with ted and nick in kansas pretty much the same you know same result right it's like just get in there with him keep the wind in your favor and i mean don't be stupid when it comes to picking a setup or whatever and just Get in there and make some noise, and he's probably going to come looking. And I think it's something that, you know, probably both you and I and, and everybody involved, like at a certain point in our career, we'd have never done stuff yeah. like that. I mean, I I know that I wouldn't have, but you start trying it, and you think, what the heck, we got nothing to lose. And then it works out a few times, and it's like, oh, actually, we should probably keep doing that. Yeah. I think it's really fun. <laughs> Yeah, and we didn't, at that morning we were even contemplating whether or not we were going to hunt that yeah. day because it was rainy. Because that was a rain day. It was yeah. rainy in the morning specifically, and we were considering going duck hunting instead. And we went to one area and uh, didn't see anything. We were getting rained on and just decided this time of year, might as well just cover ground, drive around, get dry for a little bit. And that obviously worked out. But, like, there was a lot that had to fall into place for that to happen yeah. the way it did. Well, and it's funny, too, because similar deal with the minnesota thing it's like and what happened to ted and nick in kansas Mm -hmm. start cruising around something goes wrong weather's wrong like in nick and i's situation it was zero degrees so similar to you guys there's some uncomforts that come along with being out there and then with those guys their vehicle is breaking down and they just happen to be cruising past the spot that there was a buck on public yeah i just think that it's uh yeah pretty interesting pretty cool and just a heck of a strategy to put into place especially that time of the year and if you get a visual it doesn't matter where you get that visual i mean you could be in the timber but if you know he went that way following a doe you got all day to work it's like yeah start picking apart you know it just shows you how quickly things can change like it was such an uneventful morning and like you get in the car and you're like well 
do we just like hang it up for the day? And it's like, there's a lot of different ways to get it done. And like, Mm -hmm. just always remembering that like in an instant, it can change and be one of the craziest things you've ever experienced. That's right. (laughs) So what are you looking forward to the most going into this season? I think just in general, just hunting with buddies again, like the, the spring, I didn't get to hunt with the guys very, very often. So I'm just looking, looking forward to being around the guys and just getting to hunt with them a little bit more and mm-hmm. continuing to learn more and more about filming and yeah, just being back with, with the crew. I'm sure you can mm-hmm. relate to that and you probably were in the same boat there, mm-hmm. but yeah, it was not very present this spring just with warehouse responsibilities, but we, uh, brought crystal on now so we've got some more flexibility where i can go on a trip every now and then and yeah being with the guys and just uh yeah having fun yeah heck yeah man (laughs) that's great i feel the same way it's just like obviously like you said i'm in the same boat and i'm feeling like that's the thing that going into this season it's like yeah there's some hunts and stuff that i'm excited about but at the end of the day just being present for those hunts and like being able to support friends and stuff like that. Like, you know, Jake was talking about the mule deer hunt. Like, you know, I could potentially film him shoot his first mule deer. I could potentially film Ben shoot his first elk. Colin shoot his first mule deer with a bow. Like, who knows? Yeah. You know, maybe bear tossed in there too. Like, oh, really? Oh, there's some bear tags uh, in pockets as well. Nice. Potentially three. Wow. Yeah. That would be fun. Yeah. So, the ability to spot and stalk those as yeah. well, or maybe set up on water or something. Who knows? Like that's kind of the beauty of it. And at the end of the day, I feel like having this reset personally from getting taken out of it, I just feel like my m- mind is a little bit more open and just going with the flow in general, which is something that sometimes I get uh, a little stressed out and overthinking high strung. And it's like, yeah. well, what, what's the point of doing all that when you look at some seasons that you kind of miss? It's like, nah, don't do that. Yeah. Just enjoy it and have yeah, fun. Yeah, stay in the moment. And yeah. Just be appreciative of mm-hmm. all the fun you can have regardless yeah. of how it's going or expectations or pressure you put upon yourself. It's yeah. Just, and when you do that, it ends up being better most times anyway. Yeah. So true. That's always just something that I try to focus on, but this forced me to focus on it even more and make me appreciate that thought a little bit more, yeah. I guess. Same thing for you, yep. different situation, but, but yeah, I mean, Relatable. you also have gone through it with the arm too. Yep. So it's like, <laughs> you know, you know exactly the feeling, um, going into this season then, are there any strategies? I guess maybe we touched on that a little bit with talking about the hunt with Jake, mm-hmm. but are there any strategies that you're looking to put into place this year that you haven't in the past or expand on this season? yeah i I mean that that similar tactic of just trying to be more and more aggressive um i feel like last year one of the big hang-ups i had was uh, not only was i trying to help with filming other guys but i was trying to sell film a lot too Mm -hmm. um and i think there's still like a huge learning curve there Mm -hmm. um so i think trying to like dial that in a little bit better um i think i kind of resorted back to um, like the year prior to last year, I felt like I got really good at not trying to get too caught up in trying to get into a tree or find a setup, like did a good job of like covering a lot of ground, trying to learn as much as I could about areas and then setting up places where I was extremely confident. And I felt mm-hmm. like last year I kind of got to the place where it was, I'd look for a while and then like just for ease of self filming, I would be like, well, 
I'll just make this work because yeah. I like to be in a tree so I can put my camera arm right. up and uh, just makes be able that to... filming aspect a little easier yeah. if you're set up to yeah. that. So yeah. I think just like trying to get more experience and learn more about that, like I think that's one thing. I mean, I always like to learn as much as I can. I think that's one area that I have the most opportunity to learn and improve mm-hmm. upon my skills and then combine that with what like how my improved methods i guess you'd say of how i was doing hunting previous to trying to self film mm-hmm. and just kind of hopefully getting those to Combine mesh together those, yeah. into one and kind of get back to where i was before mm-hmm. then yeah isn't it interesting how you can have a season where you're like oh man i really had that dialed in and then you can have a season where you're like ooh something mixed that again mm-hmm. to where not all improvement is extremely dramatic and it's not to say that you went backwards as much as i think it's or that you know the graph was going up and then it went down it's just that it maybe was going this fast and then something hung it up to where it's like you know slowed down yeah and i think personally something that i've struggled with and that i know i've talked to you about i know that i said doing my my little brain dump on (laughs) on you about i know we did it on the phone I can remember specifically doing it to you on the phone of uh, talking about just being more aggressive. And I know that that can sound so ridiculous when coming from me when I talk about being aggressive all the time. But And I know I've probably talked about this on the podcast, but I want to get back to not being tied to things and just play it like I got nothing to lose. Mm-hmm. Because I think sometimes when I play it like I got something to lose, then I do have something to lose, Yeah, you know? And then you're less effective, like yeah. you said, if you're kind of just being more free and just in the moment then mm-hmm. and not, like, worried about, like, trying to preserve a spot yeah. or make the perfect moves in that spot. It's like sometimes you have to make a bad move to set yourself up for a good move, if that makes sense. Yeah. Like, maybe it's bumping a buck. Maybe it's you know, just going real aggressively through a bunch of different areas to find, you know, the best out of seven versus tiptoeing around two of them that you think might be good. And I just think that it's a thing that when you're hunting areas that change with various factors like food sources, pressure, cover change, whatever, I mean, water levels, there's so many various factors on really any land Nothing's too consistent and just like, I guess, cutting ties with those consistencies a little bit. Mm-hmm. And there's some years that I look back on that I'm like, oh, that was the, that was the time, man. Yeah. We were, do- we were doing some thing- good things then. And when I, what, what was consistent about those years? Carefree, baby. <laughs> we didn't have anything that we were overthinking, yeah. you know? So I'm, I'm, that's probably the thing that, uh, as far as strategy goes, that I'm always trying to improve on a little bit more. Yeah. But anyway, what uh, gear is new to you that you're excited about this season? I don't know if I have any new gear at all this season. Um, you got the camera thing. That's something that's pretty new, isn't it? Did you have the camera, the phone thing? Oh, yeah. Yeah, if the stable. Yeah, the, I feel like the you're pretty out. excited about that, that. Yeah, I think that's cool. Like, So we were working with Painted Air Outdoors to have a – a, a phone stable a, a mount for your stabilizer mm-hmm. to put a cell phone on and um 
the main mission of, of the, their company is to have a tool to help with game recovery. Mm-hmm. Um, just p- providing people with the ability to go back and look at their shot placement. Mm-hmm. Um, and while it's not as good of quality as like a norm, our Whitney Smith. Come on, Whitney. <laughs> Whitney Smith. Hey, we're podcasting right now. Okay, I'll call you back whenever we're done. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I think he said the mission is to help with game recovery. Yeah, okay. I'm good. And then Yeah. Yeah. So while it's not as high of quality as the cameras that we're using to produce content, I think it's a it's going to be a cool tool that's inexpens- an inexpensive way for people to be able to look at that that shot placement and be able to just record a, a cool memory mm-hmm. potentially that yeah. you have. Um, so I think I think I'm really excited about that. I think there's going to be a lot of people that find value in that product, and that, that's one thing I'm always trying to find on like our, the merchandise side is things that provide value to our viewers and and actually help people and um, that they can use while they're out hunting. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm excited for that one. It's we've been testing it for a little bit now. We used it down in that hog hunt with Ranchberry in Texas, and have been just using it while shooting um, in the backyard and whatnot. And I think it's it's gonna be a cool tool that I think is gonna be useful for a wide range of people. Mm-hmm. That is an inexpensive way to achieve the memory capture and help with hopefully recovering more deer. Mm-hmm. And Mitch had one when we were in mm-hmm. Minnesota. He shot a buck. Um, which we included in the video, one of those videos from up there. And I think it was cool too. He had a setting on his phone where it had a reverse angle. So you could see the shooter and the deer. Oh, it did both. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Pretty sure that there's an app that you can use that has multiple angles. That's cool. Yeah. That's really cool. In the screen, there was a little box in one of the corners. And like, if you watch that footage, there's, two different views that's sweet. pretty sweet yeah yeah and phones are such they have such high quality cameras nowadays that like i'm filming in a higher quality resolution no i'm sorry the resolution is the same but the frame rate is actually higher on this than the big cameras yep. that we have mm-hmm. so keep that in mind hayden and i got that new that new iphone <laughs> <laughs> he said this one's sick dude you gotta get it so i got it but liking it, it yeah it is pretty sweet and like again like whether you're just trying to record the shot or you're just trying to capture that memory it really is a pretty awesome tool it's just your cell phone like to, at this point now aside from maybe low light i guess i don't know for sure haven't tested that as much but i used to tell people all the time if you want to get a camera that's very basic to hunt and film and hunt just get a gopro yeah Nowadays, I say just use your cell phone. Mm-hmm. You can change the default setting to 4K, and that's pretty dang good footage. I mean, you're getting that same resolution out of a lot of GoPros. I mean, now they're starting to get to where they can do more than that. But phone is pretty dang good, yeah. especially in good lighting. Yeah. So just something to keep in mind. But anyway, anything else to add for the 2023 season? Um, I hope to potentially join on an elk hunt if it's possible i mean that was one thing i've been really hoping to get back to at some point here in the future if it's not this year i think certainly next year i want to get back on an elk hunt but 
either that or I'd like to make some type of trip out west, whether it's join on Jake's mule deer hunt or just mm-hmm. somewhere out west. Because right now my only plans are just local, pretty close to home because I didn't know for sure what I was going to be able to do. So mm-hmm. I didn't plan for any draws or anything like that. But I'd like to be able to join on some further uh, trips that I can just tag along and help mm-hmm. film on. So that's... Yeah. Definitely well, something I'm hoping I can do this this fall. The cool thing is, is, um, well, I guess maybe not so cool for you, but you know, we keep a pretty exclusive uh, ship out there. It's like pretty tough to get in with us. So <laughs> we're very uh, uninviting and everything like that. So yeah. it might be f- tough for you to find a spot yeah, out there, but might be able to pencil me in. We'll <laughs> <laughs> have you apply, and you'll go through yeah. the, the process of like you know. Throwing it up against the board and everything, but maybe we can see. All right. All right. <laughs> I'll keep All right. my hopes up. All right, man. Well, I appreciate it and appreciate your time. Thank you.